Welcome back to Here by the Owl podcast. We're here with our friend Tony Bame, North Dakota ag teacher. He's going to be sharing some awesome food science labs with us today. Tony, you want to introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about your program and uh, where you teach ag. Sure. Uh, my name is Tony Bame. I've been teaching at the Southeast Region Career Tech Center and located at Richmond 44 in Colfax, North Dakota. Uh, this will be year 25, all at the same school. And Tony's one of those ag teachers. You probably have one in your state. Um, that me as a young ag teacher has always looked up to him. So like now being like a fellow teacher with him, it's pretty cool to share ideas. Um, and I hope, you know, you can all relate to some of his ideas today too. Yeah. So, uh, when you get done listening to this in our show notes, we'll have some resources that Tony's willingly shared, uh, with everybody today. So, uh, why don't you get started with your favorite lab? Uh, well, this is live, friends. The truck to drive by. <laughs> people are still working today. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I always tell people that my favorite lab is the one I'm currently teaching. So if it's the middle of the animal science unit, then that's what I'm passionate about. If it's uh, drafting or, or whatever it is, floriculture, that's the one I'm most excited about. Um, I think I've done quite a bit of material in food science and, and share a lot of that. So certainly uh, enjoy food science. Okay, so... Uh, gluten extraction yeah. is the one one of the ones you're going to share with us today. So walk us through kind of what this looks like uh, in your classroom and what this sure. lab lays out to be. Yeah, with the gluten extraction lab, this was one of the things that you'd spend, I would spend five minutes in class talking about gluten, why it's important, you know, what it is. Uh, and after a year or two, I thought, I've got to find a way to make this more tangible, you know, so that students can remember it because it is extremely important. And so... I stole this from somebody else and changed it around a little bit. That's one thing about egg teachers, we like to share material. And so the gluten extraction, I'll do, I'll have the students pair up and then, and you can certainly have kids do this all by themselves as well. But we'll start with just basically making a dough ball, just water and flour. I'll have half of the students do a white flour, just a harvest spring wheat, and then have half the group do a whole wheat flour. And they just make basically a small dough ball, like if they were building a, a making a bun, if you will. And then once you get a nice ball and you work it together so it's real elastic, then we start washing it up. And with the white flour, um, we've already talked, I should back up, we've already talked about the parts of the seed. We've talked about germination and emergence and all those things. Um, so they understand the components of flour and of grain. Um, now when we start washing that dough ball out, the endosperm is water soluble and that washes away. Um, and with the white flour, all you have left is the gluten, is the protein. Um, with the whole wheat flour, they'll have the, the bran, the outer covering, and that makes the dough ball really hard to hold together. But you'll see that in the water as you wash it out. A sink works best because you've got nice running water, but if you can just have your students use a, a bucket or a pail of some kind of water and then just keep changing that water out. Uh, but you'll end up with a real white, cloudy, milky water with that white flour because you've washed the endosperm away. And, and what you're left with is that gum that we all chewed on when we were kids, yeah. when you had to take that handful of weight, and it becomes extremely elastic. It's fun for the kids to play with it and start stretching it. Um, and somebody will stick it to the wall or throw it out against the cabinet or put it on their friend's back, but it's amazing how, how sticky that is. And so it's kind of a fun way to, to understand why gluten's important, you know, work your students through the, the concepts of how bread rises and why some bread is you know thicker more dense why it doesn't rise why it does things like that so it's a fun activity 
Well, I think it's kind of an interesting perspective just because I think a lot of people are trying to be more like gluten-free and um, some people have to obviously for their diet, but just understanding like what really is that gluten and, and being able to understand even more like how, what that does to our bodies and stuff like that. And labeling. I, what grade level do you say? Did you this say? is juniors and seniors, but there's okay. no reason you couldn't do this with younger groups. Right. And so... You know, I'm sure they're going to the grocery store with their parents and they're seeing that gluten-free label and understanding what, like, what is that free of? And now they have that in their, right in their, right in their hands. So that's, that's really cool. And why is it important to pick flowers to do specific baking activities? If it has gluten, if it doesn't have gluten, will I use it to make a, a white flour that, or a bread that rises? Or is this for cookies that do not rise? And, and how does that affect the products that you can build? I need to be in this class because I can't cook at all. So, <laughs> but um, what cost do you have into a lab like this? Oh, well, what's a bag of flour cost? Four dollars, three, four dollars, right? Uh, and then just water. I'll have them do it in Ziploc bags, but I, I think you could use just a bowl, mixing bowl, make up your dough, and right. then once you're ready to go and you've got a nice dough ball, you just start washing it out. So I mean, it's this is yeah. peanuts. I mean, and. In your school, you know, your kitchen might even have some of that available to you. Sure. Um, even you buy flour, like I buy flour thinking I'm going to use it and it sits in my house. So, you know, relatively inexpensive and a great implementation, like you said, to, you know, ninth grade to, to senior. So, yeah. And then you said there was one other lab, you osmosis lab you wanted to talk about today too, right? Well, or we could talk about fermentation. Oh, yes. Yep, <laughs> fermentation. Sorry. We could talk about both. Uh, with the fermentation lab, it, it's another activity we do with our food science class, or the food science unit. I don't teach a food science class. Uh, but this will be with juniors and seniors again. And what I want them to understand is the, the difference between sugars. Of course, we're in the middle of the Red River Valley. It's great sugar beet land, and so I want to promote sugar beets. Um, but I'll have the students take yeast in graduated cylinder. Uh, they add the yeast, warm water, and different sugars to a graduated cylinder. So we'll have four or five different sugars, uh, dextrose, sucralose, uh, stevia, extract. Um, and then of course I'll use the beet sugar, maybe a cane sugar, whatever you can find. And each group will take a different sugar. They start with the same warm water, the same amount of uh, yeast. And then you just throw it in a graduated cylinder and you watch it rise. And so the ones that, that are um, better at, at activating that yeast, you'll see it crawl up that graduated cylinder as it starts to foam. And it's pretty neat to see which sugars rise or cause the yeast to activate mm -hmm. and which ones don't. So when you start to think about baking bread again, or you start to think about that food processing, the sugar is extremely important into how you know, that yeast activates. Uh, you could really change this up, talk about temperatures of water. If the water's too hot, that yeast will not activate because you actually kill it. Um, you could talk about the age of the yeast. You know, is that a real old yeast that's been sitting in a cupboard? Is it a yeast that's brand new? Has it been refrigerated or frozen? Right. How do you store your yeast? All kinds of different activities you can, you know, go through. Yeah, and I mean, you can do one or all. I mean, right. maybe your kids design that experiment after yeah. you've done the sugar lab and they can create their own agri-science project to test that yeast change. Well, I think it's so important, too, to, like, teach about, you know, we talk about food science, but really teaching about that science behind the food, because otherwise, if you're just baking cookies in class, right. how is that different than the facts class you Absolutely. might have in your school? And the first couple years that I started teaching, boy, our facts teacher was really nervous when I'd go down and borrow a bag of flour or sugar or whatever it was. 
because I think she believed that we were teaching how to cook. And I don't get into that at all. It's the science behind it. Mm -hmm. Because I, I keep telling the students, anything from the farm to the grocery store is agriculture. From the grocery store to the consumer, now that's facts. That's family consumer science. And so I want students to understand what is gluten, what is the cereal products, and to understand meat science and dairy foods and those kinds of things. So you're absolutely right. Awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, we're here with other North Dakota ag teachers today, and we'll get the opportunity to do these ourselves. And I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to finding ways to incorporate um, those simple labs that don't take a lot of equipment, don't take a lot of time, don't take a lot of money um, into my program. So, Yeah, I think especially like for Nikki, who doesn't have like any really food science equipment, mm -mm. Um, no oven, no, you know, whatever, you can still do some of these so that they understand. Yeah, and I love when you can incorporate equipment that's used in your science department too. Yeah. Like, it's as simple as a graduated cylinder, that crossover of equipment, yep. students start to, you know, if science is their, their strong area, then they, they automatically buy in because they're seeing familiar, you know, familiar things, so. And they're starting to hear words like respiration and fermentation in more than one classroom. Yeah, and and maybe they've talked about gluten and why that's important in people's diets in a facts class or or another class, but they maybe don't understand what is gluten and why is it behave? Why does it behave the way it does? And so yeah, we're starting to really double up with some of those concepts that makes it extremely important. Mm -hmm. Awesome, yeah. Make sure to go to the show notes. Uh, we will have all the resources for these two labs. Uh, in there for you to use and follow here by the owl podcast on Facebook and Instagram.